0: The first reading this morning can be found in the Prophecy of Isaiah and chapter 43 on page 730, 730 in the Church Bible. Isaiah chapter 43, beginning to read at verse 14. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says, who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, Because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. This is the word of the Lord.
1: The second reading is to be found in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, which you can find on page 1,249 in the Church Bibles. Revelation, chapter 21, beginning to read at verse 1. A new heaven and a new earth. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost This is the word of the Lord.
2: Thanks be to to God. Thank you both. Thank you. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you that you spoke to Isaiah, you spoke to John, and gave them a vision and using their imaginations were able to see that you will make all things new thank you that you are god of restoration recreation and regeneration awaken us we pray to who you are that as isaiah and john saw so may we see this day and believe you are almighty god in jesus name amen Behold, I make all things new. Sadly, it seems there will not be a new Downton Abbey anymore. For something new to begin, something has to end. I love the final, well, one of the final lines that Maggie Smith said, the Dowager Duchess um, in Downton Abbey. Some of you won't watch it at all, so I have no idea what I'm talking about, but don't worry, we'll move on to God's Word. But she says, makes me smile the way we every year drink to the future whatever it may bring. It makes me smile, the way every year we drink to the future, whatever it may bring. And I think working on the chronologicalness of um, Downton, she must be about 103, so she's seen quite a few new years and she's seen some pretty difficult things. And there is this strange tradition we have of just toasting or celebrating something new beginning in a year where one day passes to another, but something significant happens. And some things as we enter 2016 are known at this point, and some things are unknown. One thing that is certain is that it will be a year of change for Anne and I, and it will be for you as a church. Change can be good. David Adams writes, In each of us, there are many strong currents at work, We are a very small and frail craft in a mighty ocean. Yet we may be privileged to discover, in the ebb and flow, that nothing is lost, only changed. As the tide ebbs on one shore, it flows on another. In the ebbing, the sea is not diminished. As one area decreases, another is increasing. The end of one thing always heralds the beginning of something new. In the same way, the beginning of something marks the end of an old order. The end of an old order. All this change is happening because we have yielded our lives to God. And God himself, as we've just celebrated, changed. The changeless one changed. Though he was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited or grasped, but instead emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient, even to the point of death, death on a cross. The downward humbling way of love lived through obedience. It is some change that God has made for you and me that we will remember in communion in a moment. In a strange way, it was like a new beginning for him as John in his Gospel said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. It was almost as if something new God was doing. And of course, this is the bigger story that we who follow Christ, who call ourselves Christians, This is the biggest story that we set our lives in that God brings about transformation because we are constantly changing from one degree of glory to the next because He alone can make all things new. And as we look at the world sometimes on a dreary January day, we might think, where is hope? But we remember that we are a people of resurrection. Even when death comes, change comes too. Makes me smile the way every year we drink to the future, whatever it may bring. We have something to smile about as followers of Christ. Christ, the one who makes all things new. We need to know, firstly, who is speaking and the context It's God who's speaking, and we see that it is God as the one who is sat upon the throne. And in Isaiah 43, it is God, the Almighty One, the Holy One. And we may need afresh at the beginning of this year to realize, as we were led in our prayers, who God really is. That he is sitting on the throne. He is on the throne of the universe. This is the one who is speaking to John on the island of Patmos while he is suffering. And then he said, John, you need to write these things down. You need to write them down because they're trustworthy and true. And so God wants us to read this and to be utterly sure of it. So he's seated on the throne and it's being written down that people in Bath, 2016, would know what is true. He wants us to have assurance, that no matter how much evil or suffering and futility we see, He will make all things new. And He does it in four ways, this newness coming. God is going to make us spiritually and morally new and he's gonna make you more glorious than you are now. Can you believe that, Brenda? (laughs) She's smiling there. The greatest frustration of the time that we live in is that we still sin. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And I believe Romans seven describes this painful truth I delight in the law of God in my inmost being, but I see in my members another law, at war within the law of my mind. There is a battle going on, not just out there, which is very real for many people today. The battle is also going on in us. And this war is the most frustrating thing about life today. At least it seems to be for those who are following Christ. Most, I believe, make New Year's resolutions, whether they follow God or not, to try and make themselves better. But sadly, we all fall short of the holiness we long for. We want to love in 2016, but we will say hurtful things as well. We want to worship, and yet sometimes we come feeling cold. We want to walk in peace, and yet it can take one thing to lead us into the land called anxiety. We want to be pure in thought, and yet so often impurity bombards our minds in the world we live in today. There is some progress as the Spirit of God helps us in our weakness, particularly at the beginning of a year where we feel new and we're gonna do it. But what we long for is really to be delivered of this battle The battle that has been won for us in Christ. But we still wage day in, day out. And John's vision in Revelation is of this beautiful bride. I had the privilege of taking the wedding service of Paul and Alison Guinness. Alison, when she arrived, my goodness, in this beautiful Sussex town, Uh, With the lynch gate in a very old church, just sun pouring over her. And she had these sort of funny things on her dress that that sort of sparkled, I don't know, something anyway, like like crystals, I don't know, but not crystals, you know, not new age, but you know, sort of just sparkly stuff. She just sparkled. So she not only looked radiant from her face, but even her dress looked radiant. She literally sparkled. That is what God promises when He makes all things new. He's going to make us sparkle. Look at verse 2. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for a husband. And this is a picture of the church prepared and beautified for her husband, Jesus Christ. And when God makes all things new, He makes the church, the people of God, spiritually and morally beautiful. Beautiful for his son, who has done everything, so that when God looks at us, he sees his son, Jesus Christ, in us, and he thinks, Wow, that is beautiful. As he said at the very beginning of creation, Wow, that's good. You need to begin the new year knowing that God looks at us and looks on Christ in us and says, That is good. And in verses 9 and 11, it's described in this way, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of seven last plagues came and said to me, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And in the spirit he carried me away, carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. It has the glory of God and a radiance like a very rare jewel, like jasper clear as crystal. When God makes the bride ready for the sun, the way he does it is by giving us his glory, verse 11, having the glory of God, and his glory is going to purify us so deeply and so thoroughly that we are going to be like rare jewels, crystal, clear. I long for the day when I will be so good, so right, so pure, that I will be translucent like a jewel, That people will look at me and see straight through me without seeing any impurity at all. Nothing will be hidden, nothing shameful. That is the first way the newness of God is coming. God will make us spiritually and morally beautiful for our final marriage with His bride, for us His bride with Christ. And secondly, God is going to make us physically and bodily new and glorious. Our final hope is one that we're not just floating around like disembodied spirits. The Bible does not teach the final state of glory is one of disembodied spirits. Plato wanted it that way, as Dez would probably tell us, because he thought the body was a drag on the freedom of the spirit. But the Bible teaches a very different destiny for God's people. God will make all things new, including your body. Because verse 4 points in that direction. He's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain. For the former things have passed away. We forget the past and see what God is doing and will do. There will be no more death because you have a new body. There will be no more pain. There will be no more tears. And what that means is that the body we know now will be changed. It'll be changed because it dies. And we've said goodbye to some very beautiful saints in Walcott, even in my time here. And it hurts. And our bodies cry. And if death is gone and pain is gone and tears are gone, then the body as we know here, here is gone. As many of us have experienced. But we will receive a glorified body. Like Christ, Paul put it like this way in Philippians. But our citizenship is in heaven. And it's from there that we are expecting a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation, that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. There are some people who feel they didn't get a fair go when their bodies were passed out at the beginning. Some people don't like the fact they're either too short or even too tall but some people have dramatic deformities, some have lost limbs, some are paralyzed. Malcolm could walk when we arrived here. Some can't hear, some can't see. But God has no intention, it seems, of leaving anybody in that condition if they trust him. He has his purposes in letting a man be born blind and leaving him blind for much of his adult life. But he has no intention of leaving anyone with pain and disability. When God makes all things new, he makes our bodies new. And the third thing God is going to make new will be the creation. Verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I don't think this means that God wants to pick us up and take us to a new solar system where we are all dressed in white and wait around, as the carol tells us. The hope of the prophets seems to be that this earth and the heavens will be made new, and God will renovate the whole thing, a kind of global regeneration project, and everything futile, everything evil. That will all be done away with. Romans 8, 21 says, The creation itself be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the liberty of the children, the glory of the children of God. The newness and the glory of the church, the children of God is first. But then God promises that his glory of his people will demand a glorious creation for them to then live in. So when God makes all things new, he makes us spiritually and morally new. He makes us physically new. And then he makes the whole creation new so that our environment then fits our perfected spirits and bodies. That leaves one last work that is yet to be done. God will make our relationship with him new. As John tells us in verse 3, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, see this, everyone, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them. We know we experience God present with us now. His Spirit dwells with us because he promised that he would be with us and would not leave us till the end of the age. And Paul says, while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Here, we walk by faith and not by sight. So there is a deep and painful sense in which we are away from the Lord, even though he's near. A kind of homesickness one might feel. In that longing we have for all things to be well, all manner of things to be well. Blessed are the pure in heart, Jesus said, for they shall see God. God, who even Moses could not look upon as he passed by and hid Moses in the cleft of the rock. We will see God. When God makes all things new, he will make us spiritually and morally as pure, as flawless as crystal. He will give us a body like the body of his glory. And he's going to renew all creation to take all futility, evil, and pain away. And finally, he himself will come to us and we will see him face to face. We do not know what will happen this year. We do not know who may see God face to face this very year. And so, forever and ever, we will then live with pure hearts and glorious bodies on a new earth in the presence and the glory of Abba, our Heavenly Father, the one who will make all things new. This, this is the bigger picture we place ourselves in at the beginning of a year where, yes, some things are known and some things are unknown. We do know there are changes to come for us as a church, as Anne and I go to Lee Abbey in about six weeks, seems terrifying. But finally, on a more personal note, for you, is there a new thing God is seeking to do in your life this year? Is there a new challenge he's asking you to accept? Is there a new discipline He's wanting you to have in keeping that relationship with Him alive, keeping yourself close to Christ? Who is taking you away from Him? What distracts you, as did Martha? Will there be a new way of meeting Him, a new experience of God's outpouring upon you Or is God saying to you this morning, come now, Hannah, come now, Mark, come now, Margaret, come now, Des, for us all, let us begin again. One of my greatest joys in being at St. Swithun's was coming to a building that was complete. (laughs) A great joy for a vicar. (laughs) And even going to Le Abbey, the same thing. Isn't God good? A building fit for welcome and outreach. A building fit to be a home of grace in the heart of this glorious city. But above even this joy, we're seeing the changes in people's lives that has happened. People who've been touched with the good news of the gospel, some people who've known the gospel a long time, but have suddenly found themselves renewed in appropriating the cross and all that Jesus did in a deepening understanding of his grace. That in spite of our really gifted ability to mess things up, God comes into our mess and redeems it. He restores it. He renews it and he can make us feel like new again. Filled with the truth of the cross that has paid the price for our mess. And filled with the power of his spirit to go on living it. Each of you were given a brown piece of paper. It's a way of saying mess. There may be something in 2015 that was messy for you. It may be even that your relationship with God seemed messy and not really connected. As you come forward to communion, as you sit and wait to come, have you got one each? Okay. You can't have somebody else's mess, I'm sorry. It's got to be your own. I would just like you to screw it up, to remind you and me that we do have this propensity to screw things up to get things wrong, to say the wrong thing, to do the wrong thing, as we said at the beginning. And I want you to make a mess. And I want you to bring your mess. And I just want you to throw it on the floor, like that, as you come for communion. Do not think this is disrespectful to those who are administering communion, the presence of the body and blood of Christ. This is why he came that we can bring our mess to the place of forgiveness and leave it, leave the mess of 2015. Be filled with grace, turn around and be changed. Be renewed by the gospel afresh. God sees you. He sees you as a beautiful bride. He sees something wonderful in us as Paul Guinness did when he first glimpsed Alison, and it literally took his breath away. A moving moment. God who is for you can make things new in your life, now, today. And because he makes all things new, one day we will know that for all eternity. Makes me smile the way every year we drink to the future, whatever it may bring. Whatever happens outside, let nothing take away the smile, whatever the future may bring for those who are in Christ. Amen.